We're back. And welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is AJ, here with my brother. What's up, Tyler? I am the better one of your co-hosts, Tyler. What's up? It's <laughs> a lot of smack talk coming from a 3-3 three and three record last week against the spread. Your boy went 5-1. Five 5-1. and, one. Five and one. It's my best yeah, week so yeah, far of the year. Yeah. How's it feel to finally go 5-1? and one? Feels great. Feels great. I was so excited to record this podcast because I just barely missed out on that Alabama game. I was so close to going undefeated last week, but uh, I'm feeling good about this week's pick, so we'll see if I can keep it trending in the right direction. Let's touch on some of those games last week. Um, before we do that, I just want to remind you guys, uh, please give us a follow on Instagram at Saturday6Pod. We're also on Twitter at the same handle. Um, if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, subscribe. Give us a rating uh, if you listen on Spotify. When we drop new podcasts, it'll give you an alert, and you can go ahead and listen to it Thursday night or Friday morning and get right um, to it and be prepared for Saturday's games. But um, speaking of Saturday's games, let's talk about last Saturday's games. We had some really good games, dude. That we did. We picked uh, six games like we normally do, two of them coming out of the SEC, two of them coming out of the Big 12, and two games from the ACC. And pretty much all these games lived up to the hype, at least gave you some some interesting talking points and some exciting moments from each game. So let's actually start with one of those SEC games. You had a top 10 ranked Kentucky undefeated on the season going on the road to Ole Miss, who was also undefeated. And the home Rebels were favored by a touchdown. And it was a good game. We thought it would be a physical game. Um, and we were both expecting – we were expecting this one to be a good one because we were ready to find out if Kentucky was serious and if Ole Miss was serious. And, you know, we both picked Kentucky to cover. I want to say we we both thought um, Ole Miss would win the game. And they end up doing that. Kentucky does cover, but a final score of 22 to 19. What did you come away from that game with? Yeah, man, Ole Miss's offense was just firing on all cylinders. They looked good from – the quarterback to the receivers, running backs, O-line. Uh, I stick to my prediction last week, and I was correct. Will Levis still looked better than Jackson Dart. But for the Kentucky rushing attack, even having their number one running back, Chris Rodriguez, back, that rushing attack was a non-factor. So really hard to set the tone. Uh, turnovers were costly for Kentucky. Limit those, and, you know, they, they probably – win the game and uh it was tough for him i still think both these teams are legitimate contenders i don't think either one of them are going to win their division but they're still legitimate contenders these are good football teams yeah i came away from it less impressed with will levis i thought uh i thought old miss Such a will levis hater dude bro i'm not buying into the hype i told told you last week that i i don't know i'm just not buying into it i think there was a lot of he hype going bad. into the season he didn't look great, and that's the spot where if you have a great quarterback, if you have a potential first-round NFL draft pick as your quarterback, you expect him to go into Oxford and pull out a win there. And it just seemed like he didn't have enough. A crucial turnover there late in the game, a, a strip sack um, where he ends up coughing up the ball and um, as they're driving to potentially kick a field goal to tie or, or even win the game. Um, just costly turnover, didn't see the guy coming and, uh, ends up costing his team the game. But, uh, I was impressed with Ole Miss. This is, this is a team that, uh, not a lot of people were talking about in the West coming into this year. It was a lot of Arkansas. It was a lot of A&M, um, obviously Bama, but, uh, I think this is a good Ole Miss team, uh, now five and zero on the season. I, I got more questions about Kentucky. Obviously they got to play Tennessee still, uh, got to play, Georgia still so some tough upcoming games for the Wildcats I could still see them winning eight games maybe nine games but uh th this was a tough loss no doubt let's go ahead and move out to the Big 12 another noon kickoff last week Oklahoma three and one on the season they had a big showdown against the TCU Horned Frogs and Oklahoma was uh just under a touchdown that they were favored by six and a half points going into this game you were on the side of the Sooners I was on the side of the Horned Frogs, 
And boy, did the Horn Frogs pour it on, dude. I mean, quarterback Max Duggan looked like a stud out there and uh, really just really just made it hard on the Oklahoma defense. They, they end up winning 55 to 24, just an absolute blowout, made a mockery of Oklahoma's defense, like I said. And obviously, there's a big injury in this game, too. Dylan Gabriel got knocked out of that game. So Oklahoma's basically playing the whole second half with their second string quarterback. But nonetheless, I still think that's a very impressive win for the TCU Horned Frogs. Yeah, Oklahoma looks like they're slipping a little bit. It's kind of scary. And, dude, Max Duggan, you touched on him. He looked like a dang first-round pick against the Oklahoma defense, and he shouldn't. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but they should not have made him look as good as he did. I mean, give that me, dude was give, on fire. Give me Max Duggan over Will Levis. <laughs> Dude, ah, I, I want with that. I want the max. Not only, I want the max Duggan show in my offense. Uh, uh, not only do I, but also every NFL scout that I've heard about disagrees Dude, but with you. There, he was efficient as hell. He threw for over three hundred yards, had five total touchdowns, two of them on the ground. One of those touchdown runs was for like sixty-five yards. I mean, he just took off and. uh <laughs> you're expecting him to get dragged down any moment, and he just managed to uh, erase some angles and score on that play. It was incredible. And running back Kendra Miller really chipped in as well. He, only like 13 carries, but 130-plus yards, two tutties. So the rushing game was working for the Horned Frogs. They look good. One of those guys played against the Big 12 defense, and one of those guys played against an SEC defense. But I don't want to spend too much time on the Oklahoma defense because, honestly – we got what we expected out of an Oklahoma defense. What we did not get is any kind of offensive spark for 60 minutes. And it was ridiculous. They couldn't get anything going. Uh, I was so huge on Dylan Gabriel last week. Uh, and it's a total shame uh, what happened. Uh, for those of you that didn't see the game, uh, there was an atrocious targeting uh, on by a TCU defender. Yeah, Basically, hit. Dylan Gabriel. Basically, Dylan Gabriel had taken off for a run. He is he'd already slid. He was uh basically stopped at where he was. Like the momentum of his slide had stopped him. Yeah. Uh and then just an atrocious late hit coming in uh straight to the he- uh the head of Dylan Gabriel. Um I'm a big believer that football's gotten too soft on quarterbacks. However, if they've already slid and you come in for a haymaker. You deserve more than being ejected for the remainder of the game. There's no room in football for that kind of uh, stuff. And if you're an Oklahoma player, I mean, dude, that's fight on sight right there, dude. Like, if that happens to my boy, if that happens to my teammate, dude, it's an all-out brawl at that point. Like, we're oh, giving sure. this kid no mercy. But For uh, <laughs> sure, it's got to be. But uh, it, it it's a real shame for, for a guy that – uh was was playing so well you know he didn't play great when he was in there for oklahoma but overall on, on the season you hate to see it uh, prayers up to dylan gabriel for a speedy recovery and uh n- nothing too serious or long lasting yeah definitely i agree um uh, tough loss for the sooners but uh we, we'll actually touch on both of these teams again this week they've both got some pretty intriguing matchups um, one of them is actually going on the road to the side of college game day. So a little teaser there for you. Um, but we'll touch on those in just a minute. Let's move back to the SEC. Number two, Bama last week. They were undefeated going on the road against Arkansas. Arkansas was only 3-1 and one with a close loss to Texas A&M. But Bama, they were big favorites here, 17 and a half. We both thought that was a little too high. And at times in this game, that was. Arkansas really hung around with Bama, um, especially – when their quarterback, Bryce Young, got knocked out of the game. There was a huge momentum shift in this game. You saw Arkansas start to really feel it, really their crowd got into it. And I want to say they got within seven. Um, And then Bama just pulls away. Quarterback Jalen Milrow, the redshirt freshman, steps in and leads the tie to an impressive 49-26 to victory. Huge win for Alabama. I touched on it last week. There uh, was definitely – a scenario where I'm where I was going to kick myself on this podcast for not taking Alabama to just be Alabama. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Losing Bryce Young was a big hit, but 
with programs of this caliber, they were able to plug in Jalen Milrow, backup quarterback, uh, and establish a, a run game and pull out a huge win. Jameer Gibbs looks like the best running back in the country this week. I mean, he absolutely went off for, I think, over 200 yards. Um, that dude looks nice. He's up there with the Brian Robinsons of the world uh, right now. He's definitely making a name for himself down there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, it's not that Arkansas played a bad game. I think they did just what they wanted to do. Alabama was just 23 points more talented than Arkansas on this game. And I think that shows through the depth. And that's something that as Arkansas is getting better, they're going to be able to recruit better and they're going to be able to grow their depth a little bit more. But Alabama has been doing this for a decade, dude. This is nothing new to them. Uh, and their their depth and their talent is just 23 points better than Arkansas. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got a ton more talent and eventually that wins out. Uh, the depth obviously plays a role there, um, especially when Alabama was able to run the ball like they were at you know, even when Jalen Milrow came in, he really wasn't asked to do too much because the the holes were just were massive for for Gibbs to run through. And Milrow even had like a seventy yard scamper of his own for a touchdown that was really impressive. So um, Bryce yeah, Young, he only had like six attempts. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean it was very efficient. Um, Bryce Young is actually going to miss their game this coming week against Texas A and M, um, but I, you know. If if the offensive line is able to open holes against Texas A&M like they were against Arkansas, I don't think that'll be an issue because Jameer Gibbs w- was able to do whatever he wanted. And, uh, you know, if they can they can simplify the game like that and just let Milrow kind of manage it until Young gets back, I think Alabama will be in good shape. And uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in uh, Texas A&M's offense to, to be able to keep up with Bama, so – um, that should be that should be a blowout this week, but uh, big win for Bama on the road. Tough loss for Arkansas. They'll look to bounce back um, this week. But um, let's let's move back. Let's move on to that next one. Our fourth game that we picked last week was another Big Twelve showdown, and this one ended up being pretty good. We had the Oklahoma State Cowboys who were undefeated on the road against the Baylor Bears. Baylor was favored by two. You were on the side of the Bears. I took Oklahoma State not only to cover, but I thought they were going to win because this was, you know, sort of a pick 'em game. Oklahoma State ends up winning this one 36 to 25. Big 11 point win, covered that spread. And uh, I just thought it was an impressive performance. I think Oklahoma State is one of the better teams in the country, led by quarterback Spencer Sanders, who had a great game. Yeah, this is another one of those games where I believe both teams played very good complete football that's why it was a low spread coming in or a pick them game ultimately oklahoma state was able to capitalize on field position and their offense got the job done uh i touched on wanted to see more big explosive plays for baylor's running back richard reese uh and he disappointed me he broke one, one long one for 24 yards if that means anything but he doesn't go over the 100 yard mark uh not not even all that close honestly and uh, it's a tough one for Baylor. The good thing for Baylor and the good thing for Oklahoma State is this Big 12 conference is wide open this year, dude. It's not dominated by Oklahoma. It's not dominated by Texas. It is wide open for anyone's taking. And it's one of those games, especially for Baylor, where, you know, you got to cross this one off the calendar and you got to look for the next one. You got to go out there and get that big win. Uh, and if they do, by all means, they can still make it to what they want to do this year. See, I'll have to disagree with you on one point there. I think the Big 12 is being dominated right now, and it's being dominated by the Kansas Jayhawks. The Kansas Jayhawks are 5-0 and on the season. They are hosting college game day this week. They're a basketball school, are they not? And they're running the Big 12 right now. They're good. Uh, we'll touch on it a little bit later on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I've got some feelings about Kansas. I'm, you, you like to see it. It's cool to see the uh, the David and Goliath uh, type games here and there. So uh, it's very enjoyable to watch, but I can't say that 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 it stays the same. <laughs> we'll touch on that here in a little bit. Uh, big game against TCU this week. But uh, quickly, let's do the last two games from last week. We had two ACC matchups. 
Um, both of them were, were good games. You had Wake Forest on the road against FSU, two teams that really needed a, a win there um, to kind of stay in contention in the ACC Atlantic. Florida State was a seven-point favorite, and we were both feeling Wake Forest in this game. We end up being right. They not only cover that seven points, but they end up winning outright by 10. Final score, 31-21 to 21 there. A huge bounce-back win for Wake Forest after they lose that close nail-biter to Clemson. They come back and get a good win over an undefeated Seminoles. What a freaking game, dude. That was probably one of the most exciting games uh, all week for me. It was just enjoyable to watch through and through. Complete quarterback battle. I mean, these guys were throwing haymakers at each other. Uh, the two quarterbacks for these teams just played uh incredibly good game. It was fun to watch them. Uh, ultimately, this game was won with the rushing attack of Wake Forest. It's just too much for FSU to handle, which is saying something uh, pretty shocking because that FSU defense uh, and their run defense especially has been pretty dang good so far this season. Uh, so we'll have to give that game ball to the uh, Wake Forest running backs and the guys down in the trenches getting it done, open up those big holes for them. Yeah, it seemed like FSU was really trying to play, you know, a soft zone and not allow Wake Forest to take those big shots that we saw them taking against Clemson, where uh, Sam Hartman was just throwing bombs up and, and their big receivers were coming down with it. It seemed like Florida State would have rather lost that game by giving up runs or short passes than that bi the big deep bomb. And unfortunately, they do, but uh, they they tried something different. They 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 tried to take what they learned from that Clemson game and apply it here. But uh, Wake Forest still got it done. A, a huge win for the Demon Deacons. Uh, let's move on to that last game. We had a good one here. NC State undefeated, ranked in the top 10, going on the road to Death Valley. Big showdown for the Clemson Tigers. And Clemson was favored by six and a half. We didn't think that was enough. We were both on the side of the Tigers. We're both right on that one. 10-point win, 30-20 to 20 is the final there. Huge win for Dabo and company. Um, they got through a tough stretch. We, we said that Wake Forest and NC State back-to-back -back was going to be um, – you know, hard for them. It was going to be a test, and uh, they, they got through it. They aced it, and now they've got a little bit of a break in their schedule. Dear NC State. No, <laughs> I'm just playing. Don't start this. But <laughs> was, my, was my letter not on point yeah. last week? It yeah. was. Uh, the Tigers defense finally played just as good as they look on paper, uh, which is a big sigh of relief for the Clemson fans. Uh, and – Clemson quarterback DJ Uyungle is doing his absolute damnedest not to close, not to lose that starting spot like we predicted. Uh, and he's actually gotten a lot better through the past couple weeks. And he's, you know, showing why he's that number one guy there. Uh, NC State was playing catch up for a lot of this game and they struggled running the ball against the five star D line at Clemson. You got all those studs like Brian Brzee in there. Uh, this is not an NC State team that'll bounce back. I see this spiraling out of control for them pretty quickly as they get into conference play with better competition. We touched on it this past week. Is We're finally getting completely into the heart of your conference schedule, and it's going to expose some teams, and it's going to show what other teams are made of. And I think NC State finally got exposed for what they are. I'm looking for a little bit of a slip from them. Yeah, it's tough, especially, you know, them being in the ACC Atlantic. Um, obviously, the Coastal Division is a little bit easier right now with uh, Duke and North Carolina kind of being the top teams in that division. But you look at the Atlantic, you got Clemson, you got NC State, FSU, Wake Forest, and you got a 5-0 and Syracuse team that has impressed a lot of people early on. So uh, that, that half of the conference is absolutely loaded. So um, definitely some tough games coming up for the Wolfpack. They'll look to bounce back, but uh, it's going to be a tough road ahead, no doubt. Yeah, the ACC needs some restructuring going on pretty soon. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so in total, actually, last week, we had 10 of the top 25 teams uh, in the AP poll take a loss. Obviously, we touched on Arkansas. We touched on NC State, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kentucky, FSU. You also had Washington lose, Texas A&M, Minnesota lost, Pittsburgh lost. Um, so, so 
10 of the top 25 teams taking an L last week. Uh, definitely the top 25 will never be the same. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Let's start touching on some of these upcoming week's games. All right, let's go. We got six new ones for you guys for this week. We got some really good top 25 action, some teams that could really use a win this week, and I'm excited about it. Let's go ahead and jump in. Let's head to the Big 12 for this one. We got 17 ranked TCU Horned Frogs after a big upset of Oklahoma last week. They're undefeated on the year. They're headed to Lawrence, Kansas to face off against the pride of the Big 12, the number 19 ranked Kansas Jayhawks. 5-0 and oh on the season, baby. This one is going to be good. College football fans, we don't get to see Kansas be like this often. Um, but they're actually seven-point underdogs at home in this game, even after being 5-0. and oh. 12 o'clock kickoff on Fox Sports 1. This one's exciting, man. What are, what are you looking forward to? You, what a Cinderella story for the Jayhawks. Uh, hats off to them for what they've done so far in this season. Uh, who would have thought they'd be doing this well in football? Uh, this is a game that TCU has all the momentum going into after knocking off the powerhouse program of Oklahoma, which could mean one of two things. Either it's a sleeper game and they get caught, or they win and they win in a big way. I think Kansas has a really good duo in uh, quarterback Jalen Daniels and running back Devin Neal. Uh, they're one of the most exciting stories I've been watching develop in a while. These guys are single-handedly playing Kansas into relevancy in college football, not college basketball, college football, folks. This is the first time that Kansas has been ranked in the top 25 since 2009. Wow. 2009, guys. Um, it's and been I'll, a long time coming. I want to say the I first will... time they've ever hosted game day as well. Probably. Uh, I will More say, than though, likely. Yeah. <laughs> with what I saw from TCU last week, we just touched on it. There's no way that they choke this game away, man. If they go in prepared, Kansas can't be that scary of a place to play. You know, yeah, they're probably going to sell out their game because nobody's seen them this good and all the Kansas fans are excited. But there's no way that Kansas is as good as TCU right now. Uh, and a seven-point spread, I think it should be higher. I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs. Maybe a little bit of a recency uh, bias pick right there, but uh, I got them dominating Kansas. It's going to suck to see the Cinderella story go down, but it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault you for your pick. Like I said last week, I was high on the Horned Frogs. I I picked them to cover that spread against Oklahoma, and they did so, and then some. We touched on Max Duggan. We said, you know, I'd rather have him over Will Levis. I still stand by that. Um, running back, Kendra Miller. They've got weapons on the outside, Quentin Johnston. Um, they've got some dudes that can go up and just get the ball. Um, and only allowing 22 points per game on defense, not an elite number. But when you're talking about the Big 12, you'll take 22 all day. Um, but like you said, on the other side for Kansas, they have got some elite playmakers. That quarterback, Jalen Daniels, is a stud. Uh, there's no way around it. He has uh, single-handedly put them in this position. Um, he's you know dual-threat guy, can run the ball, um, but – He's not your typical dual threat. He, he actually thrives in the passing game. When when he gets out of the pocket, he's not just looking to run. He likes to throw on the run, and uh, his his receivers are really good at the scramble drill and getting open when he does that. Um, they've beaten West Virginia on the road. They beat Houston on the road. They got a win versus Duke, which doesn't sound like a lot, but Duke is 4-1, and one, that only loss for them on the season being against Kansas. And then they go and beat Iowa State last week, so – this is actually a really good Kansas team, and they're one of they're two they're one of three uh, undefeated teams in the Big Twelve. TCU being another one of those. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like this is the first of your scenarios that you laid out. I think this is a potential trap game for TCU. I think the Horn Frogs are more talented, but this one gives me a little bit of pause, man. I'm I'm feeling Kansas for some reason. This is such a you pick if you take Kansas <laughs> right here. Honestly, going into this before I before you said anything, I yeah. just I knew that you were going to be a Kansas guy here. Dude, I'm buying in. I'm buying in. Take I think, I think uh, you know, I'm not going to undersell the the idea of momentum. TCU's got some momentum after big, beating Oklahoma, but this Kansas team has got some of the, the best momentum of any team in college football right now. They're believing. They're buying in. But There's, are you taking them to win outright? They're selling out home games. I don't know if I'm willing to take them outright. Seven, I think they definitely cover that spread. I'm going to take Kansas to cover, but I actually like TCU to win this game. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I think uh, it'll be probably low scoring both teams in the 20s maybe. But uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just buying in. I think Kansas has got the momentum right now. I think uh, they'll have just enough to hang around in this game with TCU and uh, and keep it close. I'll pick the Jayhawks against the spread. Although Horn Frogs, I think, pull this one out by maybe a field goal late. Um, but I'll ride with the Jayhawks. I'm comfortable doing that. Just because of the story, I will not be upset whatsoever if Kansas does end up winning this one outright. I'll be pissed if they end up covering but not winning. But if they win outright, I will not be upset for any reason. I would be interested. I'd be I'd be interested at what a future bet on kansas to win the big 12 would look like right now like what those odds are because i don't know what the odds were to start the season because somebody put that money down somebody somewhere uh is is feeling really good right now nervous as hell probably but feeling really good um i would be interested to see those right now um because i might would sprinkle a few bucks on that but uh let's move on let's go to the sec you got number eight Tennessee undefeated on the season going on the road against an LSU team that is now back in the top 25 after four straight wins. LSU three-point home underdog, 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. This one should be good. I think this is a sneaky, sneaky good game. I don't want to touch it, man. I hate that we picked this game for our Saturday six because I don't want anywhere near this as a betting man. There's something about these uh, – got a top-10 team that's only a three-point favorite, and it's because LSU is probably the hardest environment as a road team to play in in all of college football, if you ask me. Uh, and there's something about this. I'm like, these Vegas guys, they got to know what they're doing here, man. Tennessee's been playing lights out. I expect that to continue. Uh on offense, at least. Uh, their offense is just at an elite level that we probably haven't seen uh, for a really long time, at least since, you know, maybe Josh Dobbs was there. Barring any injuries, we should expect another high-scoring game. Uh, LSU's keys to success is running back Jaden Daniels, man. They have to feed this guy and dominate the line of scrimmage. And I th think that's something that, they can do, especially when they get the home crowd behind them. It makes it a really tough environment. Uh, and three points. Yeah, it's tough. I'm going to go ahead. Give it to me. Nah, I I'll hear your analysis on this. I'm, I'm right there on the fence for either one of these. Honestly, that, that three points isn't enough. You say Tennessee's a, a, a four point game and maybe, I have my answer a little bit quicker, but three points is tough. Yeah, that, that three points is really tough. It's right there on the line for me as well. Um, I I'm I'm buying into the Hendon Hooker hype. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. He's got weapons too on the outside. They were without wide receiver Cedric Tillman last week. Um, but Brew McCoy, the USC transfer, stepped up for them. Um, they've got some elite talent on the outside, but as much as Tennessee looks good and they're ranked high. Isn't this kind of where we expected Tennessee to be at at this point in the season? Uh, you know, obviously they pull that game off 
at Pittsburgh in the beginning of the year in overtime. Uh, big win over Florida. Two wins over some cupcake teams. But weren't we going to pick Tennessee in all those games anyways? So, yes, a lot of hype surrounding them. Their offense looks good. Um, their defense has looked decent against not great teams. But against the two Power 5 teams they've played, they've allowed 30 points per game. So I've still got some questions for them on that side of the ball. You touched on Jaden Daniels, the quarterback. He's a really good runner. I mean, when he gets into space, he, he's he's elite. Um, but we've seen some games for him, especially against Auburn, especially that Week 0 game against FSU where he struggled to throw the ball. Last week against Auburn, eight completions against 20 attempts only 80 yards was sacked three times against LSU so or against Auburn so I don't know I, I I'm just not buying into it I think these Vegas guys obviously know what they're doing three points I just I just don't think it's enough I think Tennessee wins this by more than a field goal not by a ton more than a field goal because I do like LSU's talent overall and obviously they're at home playing a big game here but uh I don't know. A noon kickoff, too, doesn't necessarily help LSU a ton here. I think that plays into Tennessee's favor, actually. But um, I'm going to go with Tennessee to cover. I'm not I'm not super confident in that pick. But uh, they, they need this win because they've got Bama next. So I'll take Tennessee to eke one out, maybe four or five-point win. That's really good stuff, man. Uh, I'm not betting against LSU and Death Valley. Baton Rouge, man. I can't do it. I I don't have them winning the game, although it it's going to be a close one, obviously, if I'm going to take them to cover a three-point spread. Uh, I do think that Tennessee has just what it takes to pull this one out, but I'm not betting against LSU in Death Valley, Baton Rouge. That's just going to be a tough place to play. Um, I think the LSU fans are going to treat it like a night game and just not go to sleep. Uh, on Saturday <laughs> night, uh, Friday night, yeah, <laughs> those guys are absolutely crazy down there. Uh, it should be a really fun game to watch if you're a fan of the SEC or just college football in general. Uh, so go Tigers! All right, rolling with LSU. We're on opposite sides through two games, both picking the same team straight up, but that spread has got us on opposite sides. So let's see if maybe we can get on the same page for this next one. Talk about two teams that could really use a win. Two hated rivals, two future SEC teams that are still facing off in the Big 12 against each other. You got Texas, who is three and two, two tough losses on the road against Oklahoma, who's three and two, two tough losses. Texas is actually favored by seven in this game. Neutral site, 12 o'clock kickoff on ABC here. This one could be really good. And both teams, like I said, could use this one because there's a huge difference between four and two and three and three. Yeah, man, you touched on it. Both these teams need this game so bad. Um, ultimately, I think this comes down to quarterbacks. We are Texas is expecting quarterback Quinn Ewers to hopefully be back this week, um, which is I don't want to say a huge upgrade because their quarterback right now is playing really well. Um, but this is maybe the best quarterback in the country. He's up there, Mr. NIL. Uh, and then you flip the script and Oklahoma, they're not getting Dylan Gabriel back. He's in concussion protocol. He will be missing Saturday's game. And I didn't see anything from the Oklahoma offense, especially after Dylan Gabriel left the game. That gives me any reason to believe that they can score points on Saturday and beyond that. I mean, we all knew this going in, but Oklahoma's defense is trash. And if you're going to put Quinn Ewers on the field and you're going to have B. John Robinson, who's a Heisman contender and uh, probably a first round NFL draft pick, this game could get out of hand and uh, seven points is a comfortable spread. I got to take the long horns to cover. Okay, yeah, I, I tend to agree with all your points there. I think uh, the quarterback situation is obviously huge. Hudson Card played well for them. Um, obviously, you know, a couple of results. He wasn't able to w lead the comeback against Bama. Uh, tough loss against Texas Tech in overtime a couple weeks ago. But um, 
like you said, it, Oklahoma being without Dylan Gabriel is huge in this game. I think the spread reflects that. I think this spread is a lot closer if Dylan Gabriel's playing in this game. Um, but I don't know. You you said it all for me. I think Oklahoma's defense has looked piss poor. I think if Texas can get some running room for B. John Robinson, if viewers can get uh, in a rhythm early after returning from injury, um, connect with Xavier Worthy a couple of times on the outside, I think it could be a long day for this Oklahoma defense. And their two losses against Kansas State and TCU, a combined 96 points allowed on defense. That just ain't going to win you games, whether you're in the Big 12 or not. Um, so although this spread is higher than I would like it to be, I think I'm going to end up rolling with Texas as well, just just because of the quarterback situation. I think Texas is a better team than Oklahoma. So uh sounds like we're on the same side. We're going to take Texas to uh, not only cover that seven, but uh obviously win the game outright as well. So, And Oklahoma, you got to quit losing to teams whose main color is purple. There's just something <laughs> about that. Just stop losing to purple teams. <laughs> That's the recipe, right? Just wear purple and you can beat Oklahoma. Bijan Robinson, purple undershirt. What's <laughs> what, what what what's the money line on that? I need the odds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um let's head out west actually for this next game. Pick number four of the week. You got a pack twelve game. <laughs> you got a, you got a pack twelve game. Number eleven, Utah, four and one on the season. They're going on the road to a surprise team this year. Number 18 ranked UCLA, the Bruins, 5-0, undefeated on the season, but three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to a Utah team that has won four straight after losing to Florida. Got a 3.30 kickoff on Fox, so we'll actually get to watch a Pac-12 game before 10 o'clock. Utah's a team that should, could have, and would have been ranked higher if it wasn't for a hiccup against Florida in week one, uh, they'd be the six, maybe the five team in the country. If they had just pulled out that win against Florida, Florida, it just keeps looking worse and worse as Florida gets worse and worse as well. On the other hand, UCLA is looking like another Cinderella story so far, just like Kansas. Nobody really expected them to be able to do this much with what they have on the roster. Uh, and they've had some breakout players in every aspect of their offense uh, leading to some pretty high scoring affairs that are fun to watch. UCLA certainly has the more impressive win. Uh, when you compare these two teams, they beat a Washington team uh, that we were really high on a week ago. That was a good Washington team. I believe they were number 15 in the country when UCLA beat them. Yep. Uh, and uh, if Utah is to win this game, it's going to be all, all on the shoulders of Cam Rising, uh, the veteran quarterback that they have there. He's got to lead this team and will this team to a win. With it being at the Rose Bowl where UCLA plays, I think it's too much for him, man. I'm going to take UCLA as the underdog again. This three-and-a-half-point spread is right there for me. I think the home field advantage is exactly what does it for him. Uh but this UCLA offense, man, it's something to watch. Yeah, no, I agree. So you like UCLA against the spread. You think they could win this one outright as well? I think they can. I'll take them outright. All right. Interesting. I uh, I don't know. I, I disagree with you on this one. I think um, UCLA, like you said, has looked really good on offense. Quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson feels like he's been around for forever. Uh, if you uh, are a fan of the – QB one series, uh, you'll recognize him from there. There on that show, maybe seven, eight years ago, it feels like. But uh, running back Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer, has looked really good for them so far this year. Um, obviously, you touched on the big win against Washington, has kind of vaulted them into the top twenty-five. Um, but I don't know. I think going into this season, I, I thought you, uh, Utah was potentially a top ten team, and I still kind of feel that way. Obviously. You know, a tough opening week loss to Florida. Um, like you said, that looks worse and worse every week. But you're still you're you're on the road against uh SEC team. You know, obviously that's a tough, tough spot to be in. Um, I think quarterback Cam Rising does have a really big day. I think both of these quarterbacks come out slinging the ball. 
But uh, I think Utah is just the more physical team in this game. I think uh, Utah is also used to playing in the Rose Bowl. They've uh, been in the Pac-12 championship a few times in recent years. So it's not like they're uh, necessarily scared to play there. So I don't know. I like the Utes in this one. I think three and a half isn't enough. I'll take them to win this one by a touchdown. I, I, I see a big win here for Utah. I see them making a statement here against UCLA and kind of taking a stranglehold on the Pac-12, uh, them and uh, looks like USC are, are potentially the biggest contenders out West. So that's four out of six. Let's move on. We're still in the Pac-12 for this next one. We're going to go Washington State. The Cougars, four and one on the season. They've got some big, impressive wins already on the year. Going on the road against top 10 ranked USC. There are six in the AP poll this week. Five and zero, oh, undefeated are the Trojans. And they are big 13-point favorites at home. 7.30 kickoff on Fox. Is this spread too high? I feel like Washington State has proven that they're a decent team. And uh, USC has, has shown some holes. You said it many times before, and you, you've been correct pretty much every time. These late West Coast games have more parity in them uh, than the rest of football right now. USC is the best they've been in probably over a decade. You got to give that to them. And I'd love to see them continue their hot streak. I'm a big fan of these uh, blue blood programs uh, being good. There's something about this game that makes me pause. Washington State, you said it. They're a solid program, and they have a real opportunity to upset uh, a USC team if it's one of those sleepy games for USC. 7.30 on the East Coast is, what, like a 3.30 game on the West Coast. Um, So pretty early comparatively to what these guys are used to playing. They're used to playing night games when it's a night game on the West Coast, which is really late for us here on the East Coast where where, uh, the Saturday 6 podcast is being recorded. I'm going to take USC to win. I've seen a lot of really good things from their offense. I've seen um, a lot of holes for them as well, like you stated. So I'll take USC to win, but this Washington State team has a real chance to cover this and make it close and probably give the Trojans a little bit of a scare. 13 points is a little bit too much for me here, even though the Trojans are at home. I'm going to go with Washington State. Interesting. I like the pick. I, I, uh, this is my least confident, uh, okay. pick of the week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think USC, obviously the more talented team, they've got tons of firepower on that offense transfer quarterback, Caleb Williams transfer wide receiver, Jordan Addison. It's like, <laughs> it's almost like a East West shrine bowl game out there. It's just like, can we just like pluck the best talent off of uh, all these other teams and see if we can make it work? Um, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. I think we've seen USC play some closer games this year than maybe we expected. And I think it's because of that. I think, you know, when you bring in all these transfers, it's not just a guarantee that all that talent is going to mesh together, that there's going to be chemistry and that, um, especially early in the season that you're going to get the results that you expect just based off of the talent. So I think that's why we've seen USC struggle early this year. Um, but I think we are starting to see Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison create a connection. Um, I've got a few questions about USC's ability to play defense. Um, they look decent against an Oregon State team that we thought might be able to put up some points. But other than that, uh, they've struggled in some games. Washington State has got some firepower as well. Their quarterback, Cam Ward, uh, has been electric. Last week threw for over 340 yards, three touchdowns through the air. But uh, it's going to be really important that he's able to cut down and minimize the turnovers. Had two interceptions last week. And you just you really cannot afford to give this USC team extra possessions um, in plus territory. That would be just a, a nightmare for uh, the Cougars. I think um, I like USC. If this game was on the road, I think I would be inclined to pick Washington State. But uh I actually feel like the Trojans get a big win here. Uh, Definitely a resume booster against a good Cougars team. I like them not only to win, but I'm going to take them actually to cover that 13, even though that's a bigger spread than I would normally feel comfortable with. 
I just got a feeling that this is a statement game for the Trojans. I'm going to pick them to cover 13. So we're on opposite sides for three out of the five games so far. Let's see if we can get back to even here. Headed to the ACC, two teams that uh, we touched on already this season and uh, have put together some decent resumes. You got an FSU squad that is four and one on the season. They had an impressive win against LSU early on, then uh, stumbled last week against Wake Forest. But uh, overall, I think we both agree that this is a good team. They're going to go on the road against a ranked NC State Wolfpack team, four and one on the year. Only loss so far is to those Clemson Tigers. NC State's favored by a field goal at home, eight o'clock night game on the ACC network. This one should be good. I really, really thought about writing another letter when I saw this <laughs> uh, game on the Saturday six slate. So well, they uh, played somebody uh, now. You can't say our, they haven't played anybody. I've got plenty of material. (laughs) Am I, or do we just want some analysis here? Which one is it? (laughs) (laughs) Give me what you got. Uh, I don't understand how FSU is being hated on so much as far as their rankings. Uh, After I lost the Wake Forest, which is a good Wake Forest team, they still played really good and had a great football team. On the other hand, holy crap, how did NC State barely drop? They finally played a good team, and they got punched in the mouth, and that is embarrassing. So, dear NC State. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Here we go. Don't say I didn't warn you. Big boy football is much harder, isn't it? Yes, sir. Surprise, surprise. It does not get any easier from here on out for you. FSU is a team that will grab you by the balls and make you their bitch if you don't learn (laughs) how to score some points quickly. Stop. Best of luck. You're going to need it. I still hate you, Tyler. <laughs> Jeez. All the Wolfpack fans out there cringing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, that's the thing. NC State needs to score points, and they need to score points fast if they're going to make this a ball game because FSU knows how to do it, and they've got a defense that will stop you, and you don't want to go into a late third, fourth quarter shootout with this FSU team. NC State's got a lot of improving to do now that they're actually playing legitimate good football teams. Uh, It's going to be a late night for NC State. Really long day. I've got FSU. I don't want to say running away with it. I think running away is probably not the right word for it, but I will certainly take them to not only cover, but outright, outright win against this Wolfpack team that I haven't seen anything out of. Did All you right. see anything out of them that, that you know, from their Clemson game that gave you uh, a reason to believe that they should be number 14 or have a yeah. minus three spread right now? I <laughs> They played hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, you did good, buddy. It's an A for effort. No, uh, I mean, they hung in that game. I think, uh, you know, obviously it's going to have to be the Devin Leary show against FSU because this NC State team has got no rushing game whatsoever. They're unable to run the ball, it seems like. Um, Obviously, you know, playing that Clemson defense doesn't help, but uh, I I think it's going to be tough sledding for them. I think, um, you know, obviously Jordan Travis, the FSU quarterback, has looked good. Um. The tough spot for me here, both of these teams have tough games coming up as well. FSU after this one has to go to Clemson. I'm I'm sorry, they host Clemson. Um, so, you know, you've really got to be all in on NC State here. You cannot look past them and go ahead and start planning for Clemson in any way because if you do that, NC State is hungry, man. They they uh they thought they were deserving of their top ten ranking and and they want to be back in that top ten. So. Um, I think this is a tricky one. Being at home, I think the Wolfpack um, could potentially win this game and, and win it win it uh, pretty comfortably. But at the same time, I, I think I do like what FSU's got going for them. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one, man. Both of these teams really need this one to stay in contention. We touched on how tough that Atlantic division is. Oh, man. This one's kind of a pick 'em for me. I, I think uh, I think just to be different from me, I'm going to take NC State 
not super confident in that pick whatsoever. But uh, I'll take the Wolfpack to win by a field goal. I think I'm comfortable with that. The disrespect on FSU no longer being ranked after losing to a good Wake Forest team is going to be the deciding factor here. Both teams want this game, but a number 14 team in the country doesn't want it more than a disrespected team that just got knocked out of the top 25. Probably not deservingly so either. Yeah, I mean, like we said, uh, we we know Wake Forest is a good team. They almost uh, knocked off Clemson. So for FSU to put up the fight they did against Wake Forest, I think says a lot about that program. Um, ah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to switch my pick. I'm so undecided on this damn game. No trade backs. No Take trade them. backs. Ah, uh, fuck. No trade backs. <laughs> All right. I'm kidding. You you can if you want. You can. I think it's a good idea if you do. Okay, I will. I'm gonna take FSU to uh to cover that spread. Uh, I'll take them straight up as well. I like FSU. Well, guys, that is the Saturday six uh picks for you there. Yes, if sir. You enjoyed it. Like we said before, give us a follow. Uh, turn on your notifications so that you get notified every time the podcast drops. Now, real quick, staying in the ACC. A little bit of news around the college football world. Uh, after only a few years, Georgia Tech fires their head coach, Jeff Collins. Um, so we touched on Nebraska's already moved on from their head coach, Scott Frost. We get another casualty in the college football world, and Georgia Tech is in the market. Um, I've seen some uh, if you ain't, if you Deion ain't, Sanders hype. Yeah, I was about to say, if you ain't banging Dion's line, then you're doing something wrong. If you if you could get him in Atlanta, man, that could be a recipe to turn around that program. I and I think he, I think there's a good chance that he wants it to. Uh, obviously, uh, playing for the Atlanta Falcons for so long, having so much success there, uh, the fan base is there, uh, and it's just a chance to do a little bit more. The recruiting that you can do. The difference between recruiting and, you know, a power five school, not only that, but be, being in Georgia where so many good high school recruits are, um, if they're not getting poached from other big contenders, uh, it it's a place where he can thrive if he, if he can get a hold of this football team and turn it around. See, I don't know if I'm, if I'm Georgia tech, I'm definitely hitting up Dion as often as I can. If I'm Dion, I'm letting those calls go to voicemail, homie. I ain't answering those those uh, 404 area code phone calls. I'm holding out for an Auburn job or something like that. I, I don't know if I want to touch uh, Georgia Tech. I think um, he could hold out a little bit longer, potentially get a, a bigger program with uh, more resources. But uh, if, we'll see. If we'll Dion goes about. to Georgia Tech, I will be attending a Georgia Tech game at some yeah. point. Yeah, it'd, be uh, fun. it'd just be kind of cool. Georgia, Georgia Tech at the end of the year. It'd be a good game to see. Absolutely. No, I agree. That's awesome. Uh, that's it for us, guys. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We'll be back next week. See you.